Ion 2020 episode 321. President of the United States, the authority is total. The authority is total. The authority is total. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Find out what is in it. In, in an empire lies, the truth is treason. The truth is treason. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought by the military-industrial complex. By the military-industrial complex. I don't know about you, but I am always dealing with these clueless people on the internet and in my daily life. And I was looking to learn how to defend libertarianism. And if you're in that same position, you want to learn how to defend libertarianism, advocate for a free market, and win any political or economic debate, then you need to join Liberty Classroom. That's Tom Woods' Liberty Classroom. And you could do that by going to iontheempire.com slash liberty. If you do that, you'll be able to earn the equivalent of a PhD in libertarian thought and free market economics online for just 24 cents a day. That's amazing. Once again, go to iontheempire.com slash liberty. Hey, what's up, everybody? Ray Eaton here. Thank you for joining me for another look at the 2020 election. This is Ion2020. You are libertarian. Look at everything that's going on in this world. Uh, not just the election, but the current events that are going on as well. Appreciate you joining me. Uh, just wanted to talk a little bit about today about a tv show that i'm watching and then i have a few other topics as well talking about trump and some of the things that he said with the uh, some anti-war comments that he made and stuff uh but i wanted to talk about a show that i've been watching it's called uh it's called the hand or the handmaid's tale and let me give you guys the premise of it because it's pretty interesting concept and Somebody had mentioned to me before, they're like, yeah, something like that could never happen. But the reality is that, yes, something like that could happen. And things like that have happened in the past. So let me give you the premise of it. And then we'll, then I'll, you know, share, share the thoughts that I have. Because it really comes down to government control, government power, and the perception that people have of authority and the reason why things can get the way that they do. And... So, The Handmaid's Tale, it's a show, it was actually written, it was a book written in the 1980s, and there's a TV show that was made for it, maybe like three or four years ago, and it's in season three now, it might be in season four, I'm not sure, maybe they're coming out with season four pretty soon, but the premise is, is that a, like a religious extremist group took over America, and kind of, you know, took over America and people started fleeing to Canada and stuff. And in this religious extremist uh, America, there's really no law except for a biblical law. But the biblical law is more like an Old Testament biblical law rather than a New Testament biblical law from what I see. And I, I understand Christianity. I understand Christian... Um, I've, I've read the Bible before, let's just say that I've read, and I've read the New Testament multiple times, so I understand it, and it, they're not really coming at it from a 
uh, Christian standpoint. They're coming at it from more of a, just a conservative religious standpoint. And not that I have ever met anyone that's religious that wants to like initiate those values on people by force, but that's what this society is doing. And the reason for the society doing it is because they started to see, I guess they they do some in the show, they'll do some of these pre them like pre religious group taking over. They'll go back into the past and what was happening in the world is that women started to become less fertile and these religious people thought that it was God um, punishing them for, you know, destroying the earth and stuff. And there was very few fertile people, fertile women left that are able to conceive and have babies. And like, I think like in one part of the show, they talk about Mexico City hadn't had a baby born in like six years or something like that. So what this extremist group does is they take handmaids who are people that are women that are fertile and they force them basically into slavery in order to make that so that they will bear children. And they put this whole religious um, ceremony together where the women have to sleep with the men, but the wife is there. Like they turn it into a ceremony and the entire scenario and everything about their lifestyle in this society now is ceremonial in order to get everybody on board and force people to do what they tell them to do. And there's like soldiers that are all over the cities in order to make sure that no one gets out of line. The handmaids have to walk two by two whenever they're going to the store so that one will keep an eye on the other. Um, everyone in the community kind of looks over their shoulder and they also don't really talk openly. They really just conform to the societal norm that was set up for them. And I mean, if you, in the show, everyone kind of knows what is going on is wrong, but no one wants to say anything because they don't want the judgment to come down on them because I mean, it's certain death. Like they hang people from walls and so forth on the show in order to, and they, and they do it very publicly in order to show people that, Hey, you know, if you go against what we say, you're dead. So everyone's terrified of that. Um, But then even the senior leadership, they even realized that, hey, this is wrong and what the hell did we get ourselves into, you know? Um, But it's an interesting scenario to think about because if you do say something like that could never happen in America, I think it's very naive because we live in a world where people do follow authority unquestionably we'll sit there and we'll do things and we'll just assume that what the authority figure says is right and if you get i mean in in america now there's certain small parts of this thing of of our society that we realize is wrong like i feel like locking up somebody for smoking marijuana is wrong i feel like locking or making it so that Edward Snowden can't come back to America is wrong. He was a whistleblower. Like there's little small things that we think of as injustices in America. But 
it's not like we're living in a world right now where, you know, there's soldiers on every corner and stuff, but we do have police officers everywhere. Like the world that we live in right now is the norm that's been set for us. And we don't know anything else. We don't know if there's more freedom or less freedom. Our ancestors, maybe our grandparents remember more freedom. Maybe their parents might have remembered more freedom. But there is very little thought in our mind that our system is wrong. Now, there are the people that do on the fringes, like the BLM protesters and so forth, they might think that there are some major issues wrong, but the the majority of Americans don't feel that way. Some very far, um, I don't know how you describe it, some, some very, like the anti, or the anarchist type libertarians will feel like there's a lot really wrong with society, but as a general whole, most people are relatively comfortable in the society that we have now with the taxation the way it is yeah on the very fringes like you you'll argue between the 15 percent uh like a 15 percent income tax versus a 10 percent income tax or raising up to 25 percent but nobody in mainstream society is saying zero income tax like that's a very fringe concept even though ron paul brought that up during his campaign no one is saying anything about, you know, the fact that we have two million or two or three million people locked up in cages in America, and then we still call ourselves the land of the free, of the home of the brave. Like, no one on the main stage is saying that. They would just say, yeah, we should get some of these people out that are locked up unjustly. So they're not talking about reworking the whole system to take it from three million down to maybe 300,000 people. They're not talking about anything like that. They're talking about these very these very modest changes in the system. So people in America were generally happy with what we have. But that can go in a whole new direction. I mean, just think about some of the terrible things that happened in society in the 20th century. Things can change fast. And in the Handmaid's Tale world, that is what happened. Things changed fast. These people, they set off bombs in a few different places and started a revolution and were able to really, um, and obviously it's fictional, but they, in the story, they were able to take over America and just change the entire system and got rid of, you know, the Constitution. They changed the name of the United States to a different name, the whole nine yards. And it's a, it's, one nation under God in the most extreme, you know, New Testament sense. Like, you know, if you, if your eye deceives you, pluck it out type things like that. Like they literally have women walking around with no eye on that show because they did something wrong, cutting off fingers and so forth. Um, but those things, something like that, not maybe specifically that scenario can happen, but you have to think about the authority that goes along with it. And people, 80 to 90% of people will just follow the authority and do what they're told because they're not trying to stir up the pot. They're just trying to survive. They're just trying to live. They're not going to 
go outside of the box that's set for them. Whether how no matter how big that box is or how small that box is, people will conform themselves to that box of authority that's allowed. And that's it. Most people are like that. There's very few people that won't. So that's how something like Nazi Germany happens, where they start talking negatively about the Jews. They start talking negatively about the Jehovah's Witnesses. They start talking negatively about the gays and those people that have different lifestyles than the normal German. They start blaming the Jews. And then over time it becomes, let's, you know, we're going to take them and put them into concentration camps. And then ultimately becomes death camps and so forth. And people turned their eyes away from that. They went along with it. Because it's authority. Because they, they have little, you know, communities where people will tell on each other for political gain or for whatever reason they're willing to tell on each other. And you get people that are overseeing that community and telling on their neighbors, telling on their friends, pointing out what someone's doing wrong and that's against the law and stuff. And it keeps everyone in check. It keeps those 90% of people in check. And then there's very few people that are willing to go and buck that system. There's very few people that are willing to speak out against that system. And those that are willing to speak out of that system are pointed fingers at and looked at as evil. And then they are the lawbreakers and then they have to suffer consequences. And in Nazi Germany, it was just like that. People went along with the system because they were afraid. They were terrified. And all that stems down to is authority. It really does. It comes down to the illusion of authority that governments have that says that you'll do what we say. Now, in America, right now, it hasn't gotten that bad where people are willing to speak out. There's a little bit of speaking out, but in generally, in general, we have food, we have clothing, we have cars, we have those things that we need. We have the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, I think is the term that we learned in college, where you have your water, you have your food, you have your shelter, you know, so you have those basic needs taken care of. And then there's other things that you try to satisfy at that point, right? The need for self-fulfillment, the need and other things. And, you know, we're at that, that level. We're not at starvation level. But think about... Soviet Russia in the 1930s under Stalin where he's able to take all of the food from the Ukraine that they produce and starves millions of people to death. No uprisings. Nobody speaks out. It's the political authority that goes along with it that causes them not to speak out. It's an illusion though. It really is. It's something that we feel as a society that we're just going to go along with what the leaders say, what the people that are in power say, what the authority figure says, and we do it unquestionably sometimes. We might question it in our minds, we might question it in our small groups, but we never question it beyond that. And in some societies, if you do question it in your groups, there might be a listening ear listening, and then you'll be taken away 
in the evening time. I know that's how it was in Soviet Russia in the 30s, 40s, and 50s under Stalin. Under Mao Zedong in China, same thing. So the ability for us to go down that road is there. Maybe not something like The Handmaid's Tale per se, but it really does make you think about authority and just how far people are willing to be stretched. I mean, look at North Korea today. How much are people willing to take? Well, they're willing to take starvation in Ukraine. They're willing to take murdering Jews in Germany. They're willing to take going to war for an unjust cause in many countries. Going to war for lies about weapons of mass destruction and stuff like that. Like, how far are we willing to take this authority and doing what authority tells us? Well, we've seen it throughout history. People go and they die in wars of conquest throughout history because of the authority that tells them that they're going to do it. Because they're trying to save their own life. Because they're getting paid or whatever reason they went to war is. There's been genocides throughout history because of the authority that goes along with it, of the leaders telling these soldiers what to do and they go and they do it, or the people go and do it for them. So how far are they willing to take it? That's, that's all it really comes down to. We're willing to do terrible things as human beings. We are willing to do terrible things as human beings. And that... Is the, that's kind of the next topic that I want to talk about is people are fallible. They really are. And you're going to put a fallible person in charge of a all-empowered government, right? A government that has unlimited powers. You're going to get bad things that happen. Yes, a benevolent dictator, they say, is like supposed to be the best sort of government because that dictator is going to let people do what they want to and be nice and be caring and and care about his people or her people but in the end you will have somebody that rises up that is not so benevolent and then they'll have all power in that dictatorship but you are looking in a world where people are fallible and we put them in charge of things and that is the main reason why We need to have limited government. That's a libertarian idea. Limited government. You need to put strict limits on government so not one person or a group of people or a majority of people never have the ability to take away people's human rights. Take away people's basic rights of life, liberty, and property. That is what is so important about limited government in this world. Like I heard someone say before, they say, oh, well, you know, we need to have government control these companies because these greedy people. But you don't think there's greedy people in government as well? And government has the monopoly on the use of force. Government has the ability to take from you unquestioning. Government has the ability to wage wars on people. Walmart can't go wage wars on Mexico. Walmart can't go in there with, a, with an army and take over factories and then start making their products. But governments can. Governments can be just as greedy. The people in government are not infallible. 
at least in a business, they have to give you a good product or else you're going to go buy a different product and they can't come in there and force you to buy their product in a free market. Yes, they can do it with a, with the government's help for sure. The hairdresser down the road who has a license to cut hair can force you not to do business with a person at their home or at another business that doesn't have a license to cut hair. So government does give people that power, but in a completely free market, in an open society, in a free society, a business has to give people what they want or else they go out of business. Governments don't have, or we don't have the luxury of government, so it's so much more important to have a handle on the lim- and on the governments and have limited governments. That's so much more important because a business, yeah, you can be as greedy as you want to, but greed is going to lead you to do stuff that's going to fulfill the needs of your customers. So you get richer and richer by fulfilling people's needs. But when you mix that with government, that's when you get the crony capitalism that causes corruption. And even more so when you get those greedy people in government, because most of those people are power hungry in government. Most of those people just want to maintain power. They tie themselves to the Democratic Party or the Republican Party in order to maintain power over the system because they're greedy for power. They are greedy. Just as greedy as the most greedy business person. The only difference is the business person has to give you what you want or enough people what they want in order to stay alive. Whereas the politician, the greedy politician, just has to get reelected to stay in power and promise enough goodies to their constituents or enough of what their constituents want. And that's it. So let's talk about Donald Trump, though. Because um, he's a greedy businessman, but he's also a greedy politician. I don't um, put anything past him on that. I do believe that he's probably going to use this power of the presidency to uh, make sure that his family has more of a legacy than they otherwise would. I don't, I don't put that past him. Uh, I don't look at the guy as a, uh, as a saint. I saw a picture on a wall today, or a flag on a wall today, of Donald Trump head on like this big old muscular soldier's body carrying a freaking uh, missile launcher and all this crap. And I'm like, that is just the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. But people put these powers on Donald Trump that they otherwise wouldn't. I'm sure it's just a joke, you know? But some people do worship this guy and everything that he says. But I do want to give him credit where credit is due, and that is very important to do, I think, um, because you want to praise these politicians for the very few times that they actually do something good. And Donald Trump said something absolutely amazing the other day. And then he talked about today, he was talking about, um, or when was it? Yeah, it was today, they were talking about... uh, bringing some of the troops home. Those are good things. So he wants to bring the troop level in Iraq from, I think it was 5,500 down to 3,000 people. Maybe it was 5,000 down to 3,000 people. He was talking about um, bringing troops home from Afghanistan as well. There is a peace process in place. Those are good, good things that he is doing. So I want to praise him uh, for that specific thing that that he did or that he's talking about doing. The only difference that, or the only thing I can see that can stop that is um, somebody coming behind him and saying, yeah, right, that's not happening. But I know that 
his his goal is to look like the peacemaker in some ways, based upon the fact that uh, somebody nominated him for a Nobel Peace Prize, by the way, which I kind of laugh at that. But the bar is not very high, based upon the fact that Barack Obama got nominated and won the Nobel Peace Prize because he ran basically on hope and change. Like, he didn't do anything in that year. The year that he got elected, he uh, won the Nobel Peace Prize because of the feeling that people had in their stomachs when listening to him speak, apparently. Because he didn't do anything peaceful. If anything, he amped up more wars in Libya and in Syria. If anything, he increased the number of casualties of innocent civilians. If anything, he increased the number of drone bombings that were done of innocent civilians. Yeah, maybe he targeted some people who were, or they claimed were guilty. I mean, there's no due process in when you're assassinating people, so you don't know for sure if that person was guilty. And then he won the Nobel Peace Prize. So Donald Trump, based upon, I guess, this between the United Arab Emirates and Israel, supposedly he put together a peace deal with them. I'm not sure how uh, accurate it is to give him credit for it. I've heard that I've heard stories that said that he is not really the one that put together this deal. But anyway, whether he did or not, um, supposedly he might, or he he was definitely nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize, he won't, he won't win. But the like I said, the bar is very low because Barack Obama got it. Anyway, going on. So the other night on Monday, Donald Trump is speaking to some reporters and it just blew me away what he said. I about lost it because it was probably the number one thing that a sitting president has ever said um, since Eisenhower was talking about the, you know, the... Um, war industrial complex and all that back, you know, that that we need to be on our toes and worried about them. And this is a very rare time that the veil is lifted from the deep state by a political leader. It very rarely happens. But this is what Donald Trump says. He says, um, I'm not saying that the military is in love with me, but the soldiers are. The top people at the Pentagon probably aren't because they want to do nothing but fight wars so that all of those wonderful companies that make the bombs and make the planes and make everything else stay happy. But we're getting out of the endless wars. You know how we're doing. And then he goes on and he says, I say, that's good. We're gone. Let's bring our soldiers back home. Uh, And then he says, some people don't like to come home. Some people like to continue to spend money. And I thought to myself, that is an amazing statement. That he wants to bring the troops home. That he called out the military-industrial complex. He called out the top brass in the military that are basically rubbing shoulders and rubbing elbows with the military-industrial complex as just wanting to stay in wars to make them happy. Because what happens when a top brass general retires? They go on to the board of directors at Rayathon, at Lockheed Martin, at Boeing, at these companies that are making the bombs, the guns. I mean, crap. 
making the boots, you know? Smedley Butler said it in his book, War is a Racket. All of these people are profiting off of the death of other people. All of these people are profiting off of the death of our soldiers who go over there and fight. And they give these stupid reasons like we're bringing freedom to these people. We've been talking about bringing freedom to people since the early 1900s. And that is not a reason to go fight and take over other countries. That is not a valid reason. We have our freedoms at home. That's what we need to protect. We can protect the soil that we live on. And that's what the soldiers should be doing. And Donald Trump lifted that veil just slightly for you to see it. He knows that that top brass is there rubbing elbows with these these business people that are dependent upon government for their survival. And every time their stock rises, it's because they got a new contract from the government to build more killing weapons and killing machines. And that is not in the best interest of the soldier who has a wife and family at home or a husband and children at home. And they're over there in Iraq and they're dying. They're getting limbs blown off. They're watching their friends die. They're coming back with PTSD. They're coming back with all sort of limbs gone. Psychological challenges. High suicide rates in the military. And what is it all for? So that Rayathon stockholders can get rich. To keep their pensions strong. So that Lockheed Martin employees can keep, keep their jobs. That is not a reason to stay in these wars. Donald Trump knows that. He showed it. And that's amazing that he said that. And I'm just waiting for them to reel him back in. Because they will somehow. But he's not the type that really seems like he gets reeled back in. I think it is very strong that he did that. I mean, it, all, it had me rethinking my my. Thoughts of Donald Trump, to be honest with you. Because I think that we need somebody in the presidency who will do that. And you know Joe Biden is not that guy. He's more of the same. He's the person who's going to continue with the same aggressive foreign policy. The same policy of changing out, you know, going into countries and taking out their dictators, taking out their leaders and doing whatever they want to. That same interventionist foreign policy. Maybe Donald Trump's a little bit different. I mean, it seems like he is in that sense. So it had me rethinking my thoughts on him, but it really is a crapshoot because he doesn't have to get reelected. So I'm not sure what to think if he's just saying that to get reelected because he just went down to Florida and said that he's an environmentalist all of a sudden. He's going to do protect the coastlines and all that stuff. So he's pandering slightly at this point to get reelected. So we'll see what happens. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you joining me for another look at this 2020 election that we are dealing in. I appreciate you uh, going along with me in my thoughts on the show um, A Handmaid's Tale as well and how that leads to political authority and how we can delve into a situation similar where there's an authoritarian in the world um, just because people go along with it. So always think about this. Speak out when you see things that are wrong. Speak out. And you could do that. Uh, you start your own podcast or whatever you want to do, you know. 
Talk to your friends about it. When you see injustice in the world, you can do that. Um, but anyway, guys, I appreciate you joining me. Go ahead. Five-star ratings and reviews are helpful on iTunes. Uh, the more five stars, the better. I really uh, I look at some of these uh, reviews that I get and stuff like that. Every so often I get a bad one, and I was kind of challenged with that earlier today. I was getting a little bit, you know, uh, looking at one, but you just have to realize, you know what, just keep on going, Ray. Keep on going because we are putting out a good message there. The listeners continues to grow. And that's a good thing. It tells that I'm talking about things that you guys want to hear about. So I appreciate that. So five-star ratings are great. Uh, help me out with that. Also, you can uh, follow me Facebook and Twitter just by typing in at I am the Empire. You'll find me there. You can message, message me there if you want to as well. And then uh, the best thing you do every Monday and Thursday, though, is to listen to the show. So come on back on Monday, and you'll have clear vision for 2020.